You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 88. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 88. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms, and welcome. It's December. Woohoo! It's time for the Super Bowl of motherhood. <laughs> that is the holiday months. I hope that it's a little less overwhelmed and stressed this year maybe because there's fewer things going on with COVID and all. So maybe you won't have quite as much on your plate, but you won't be surprised to hear that today's question is from a mom who's feeling a little overwhelmed. But before we get into that, I want to tell you I'm excited and excitement is hard to come by with COVID. So I wanted to share it with you because it doesn't happen that much anymore these days. I have a couple of exciting things. One is I am no longer sitting on my son's closet floor. (laughs) I've been recording this podcast from the floor of his closet since I started. And now I'm actually sitting in a desk in a proper like room in a proper chair with like a nice professional background. So I'm feeling very grown up here. So hopefully the sound quality will be as good as it is I mean, there's nothing better than surrounded by clothes, like hanging over your head in the little cedar closet. So that's big news. My son is coming home from college for Christmas, and I have not seen him for, it'll be four and a half months by the time he gets here. That is a long time, certainly the longest I've ever gone. And so please send us healthy wishes because he is going to fly home and expose himself to all those germs. So uh, we are just hoping for the best, but I'm lucky that my son, he's a really good conversationalist and he likes to talk on the phone. So I still can feel connected to him, but I just cannot wait to get my hands around that boy and give him big hugs. I I warned him. I said, you're going to have to like prepare yourself for lots of mommy hugs. So that's fun. Looking forward to that. I have something else coming up that I'm very excited about. So I haven't picked the date exactly yet. I will be announcing it soon. But uh, sometime at the end of this year or the beginning of 2021, I'm going to do a vision board party. This is going to be an online event. And we're going to make vision boards together to start dreaming and scheming about the future. This is probably the skill set that I learned through life coach training that has served me. I don't know. It's hard to say. There's so many good things, but I, I use it often and it has served me very well is the ability to tune in to myself and know what do I want? What do I am I missing? What do I want more of less of what am I yearning for? And to really pay attention to those clues and signals to steer me towards the life that is right for me. Because without that, you're kind of subjected to social mores and expectations. Like, well, I should want this and I should do that. Well, my parents did it this way and everybody expects me to do it that way. And so those don't 
always lead us into the life that's right for us, you know, the one that's going to give us the most satisfaction and reward. And so this vision board party is perfect for when you're trying to think about, okay, what's next? You know, I don't know that we're going to go back to normal. There might be some permanent changes that happen after this crazy 2020 year. And let's be really deliberate about what they are and what you in particular want. You know, raising kids, we're in constant transition and because they're changing, so we have to change along with them. Their needs change. And then this COVID year has shown us that we can't count on anything. So let's practice the skill of tuning inward and listening to what our higher self is telling us is next for us. So super excited about that. It's going to be, I'm actually, I'll probably put up like a sign up for the interest list because uh, I haven't gotten it up yet, but it's going to be at lifecoachingforparents.com slash 2021. And you can go there and get your name on the interest list so that once I do pick the date and got all the details ready to go, you will be the first to get to sign up. So that's my exciting news. And today we're going to answer a question from Stephanie. She writes, dear Tori, why am I doing all the work? Hmm. Anybody else wonder that? Why too? I, she says, I know I do too much for my family, but December is pushing me past my breaking point. I'm so overwhelmed trying to shop, clean, finish up my work projects, help kids with school projects, and make the holiday special for my family. I know I should require more of my kids and my husband. He says he's willing to help, but I hate having to ask him, and I don't have the energy to deal with complaining kids. I don't like believing that I'm controlling or micromanaging. I want them to step up, but it just feels easier to do it all myself. How do I break the habit of doing all the work myself, getting resentful, and then losing my cool? I feel embarrassed and guilty when I break down, yell, and cry, but it seems like it's the only way that my family steps up to help me. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay, Stephanie. So today, the parent educator answer, it's not really a parenting question, but kind of my tips and suggestions for you is what we have here, as you kind of described that in your question, is a co-mingling of chores and emotions. What is going to help this tired super mom is to separate out her emotions from the distribution of labor in the house. So I want you to imagine that you've got a group of attorneys and they're sitting around a boardroom table. And they're looking at shopping, school projects, cooking, you know, Christmas plan. They could take all these tasks and divvy them out evenly and work out who does what with no drama or emotion. It might not be perfectly fair and equal, but they could come to an agreement without any yelling, crying, or getting resentful. Can you picture this? So it's kind of like chores and the distribution of labor in the house. It's just math. It's not really anything that dramatic. But <laughs> there's the way Stephanie's got it working is it's very tied to her emotions. So let's talk about emotional childhood. When you're a young child, you are completely dependent on your external environment to feel an emotion. You need your parents to act a certain way to make you feel safe and loved. You need a stimulating environment to keep you from boredom. When you're little and you're lonely, you want instant attention and companionship in order to feel connected. So emotional childhood 
is a normal and appropriate state of depending on your external environment to take care of your emotional needs. It is powerless, it's a little helpless, and it's a very dependent state that likes immediate gratification. I want it and I want it now. It's kind of the mantra for childhood, right? So emotional childhood doesn't just stop the day you turn 18. Lots of us in lots of different places in our lives can stay in emotional childhood where we are depending on our external environment or other people to make us feel how we want to feel. So no matter how old you are, if you are blaming others for your emotional state, you are coming from emotional childhood, okay? So a lot of us think that if the house were clean, I could feel better. If my family would pitch in and help out, then I wouldn't feel so overwhelmed. So this becomes a problem. We put our emotions in the hands of others. If we say, I can't relax until all my work is done, then you're giving all your power away to your to-do list or your family or your messy kitchen for how you feel, right? Instead of like just saying, I want to relax, therefore I'm going to feel relaxed. (laughs) That would be taking responsibility. Emotional childhood is I can't relax until you do this, you do A and he does B and she does C. So in order for Stephanie to feel better, She's got to take responsibility for her emotions and separate them out from the chores. So emotional adulthood is when we take responsibility for our own emotions. We feel powerful internally. We feel like we own our emotions instead of blame. We take ownership for how we feel. We delay gratification. Because we're coming from our frontal lobes instead of our reactive emotional brains, that emotional brain that's like, I need wine and chocolate right now. (laughs) I need to talk to you right now. You need to help me right now. Whenever I'm in that urgent place, I am always in my emotional reactive brain. And so we want us to deal with the emotions separate from the tasks and the chores and all the things that Stephanie has on her plate. So to answer Stephanie's question of why am I doing all the work? Well, it's because when she's writing that and she's in that state, she's in her emotional childhood. If she were to handle the situation from emotional adulthood, it would feel much different. It would be, she would feel more empowered. She'd be taking responsibility and she could think clearly about who does what around the house. So here's the kicker. (laughs) If Stephanie were to ask for what she wants with no apologies, no disclaimers, no justifications, not like, I've been working so hard and I'm always the one doing the work and how come I have to do, you know, nine out of the 10 times. If she just were to ask for what she wanted, I want help keeping the kitchen clean. I want somebody else to run the errands. I want you to, you know, buy Christmas presents for the kids. If she could just ask for what she wanted, she would have to believe that she's worthy of receiving help. This is the kicker. Because when we can just ask for what we want from a state of empowerment, we have to know that we're deserving of help, of support, of being imperfect. We have to admit that we uh, can't, we're not 
like perfection moms, robots who can do everything without fail and do it perfectly. So Stephanie would probably feel shame admitting that she can't do it all and vulnerable asking for what she wants because she might not get it. And that is what keeps us stuck in blame, emotional childhood, and then avoiding. Can you say she's like kind of avoiding? She's like, I'd re- it's easier just to do it myself. Yeah, because it's hard and it takes courage to put yourself out there and like admit you're not perfect, admit you can do, do everything, ask for help and have the help be not magical. <laughs> You know, with kids helping, it's usually not done the way we want. And with husbands, it's usually not done the way we want. So it's not like the magical help. It's where you have to like remind them and ask them again and tell them they didn't do it well enough and make them come back and scrub that pot because <laughs> they have to do the outside, not just the inside, whatever it is, right? It's this like very grown up emotional place that she needs to get to that takes a lot of courage. And courage does not feel good. Courage feels pretty yucky. And so she's thinking, I'd rather just do it myself than have to advocate for myself. But if Stephanie wants to get out of the cycle, it's totally doable. She just needs to take responsibility for what feelings she is creating. Because being creative from inside her own head, it seems like the kids and the husband not helping and the December overwhelm to-do list, it seems like those things are making her feel angry and resentful and overwhelmed, but really it's her thoughts about them. And so that is totally her job. Her job, her responsibility is to, to manage her own emotions and manage her own mind. And, you know, we can get away with it when we're little, not managing our mind, we're dependent on others. But eventually, those human people just don't quite do it right. <laughs> we can't keep counting on them to make us feel better. If I mean, if, if it works for you, then sure, stay in it. The problem is it just usually stops working. That the boss still doesn't give you enough appreciation. That your family still doesn't give you enough appreciation or support. And so we've got to take that power back, step into emotional adulthood, and say, I get to decide how I feel and I'm going to learn how to manage my own emotions and not put it in the hands of anyone or anything outside of myself. So what gets in our way? That's the life coaching answer, right? It's like, what gets in our way for being able to be courageous, ask for what I want, advocate for myself and believe that I'm worthy and deserving of it? A lot of cultural programming that a good mom should be able to do everything and never ask for help. I don't know where and how this programming infiltrated into our psyches, but it seems so universal that like a good mom should be able to do all the work and not complain and do it all well and that she should uh, not be selfish that she shouldn't have her own needs, that the kids' needs come first. But the problem is that it's not just the kids' needs, it's the to-do lists that we're prioritizing and putting the to-do list up on a pedestal. And that to-do list is filled with perfectionistic expectations. 
So admitting that we need help makes us feel vulnerable. We don't like feeling vulnerable. So we just buckle down and get it done. Because if we do all the things, then we get to feel like, okay, I'm a good mom. Or so we think, (laughs) you know, if we make a nice Christmas for our family and it looks good in photos and we think, okay, I'm a good mother. Check that off the box. I did a good job over the holiday. But requiring more of your children means you have to believe you're deserving and that it's good for them and that you're not being selfish or mean because you have to tolerate their negative emotions without making it mean anything about you. When we make our kids do chores, we hold their feet to the fire and then they grumble and complain We think thoughts like, I can't handle this, and it sends us right back into emotional childhood. We want our families to step up and help us without being told. We want them to notice how hard we're working and immediately jump in and rescue us from our negative emotions. We don't want to ask for their help because then we'd have to be in emotional adulthood, asking for what we want without fear, shame, or embarrassment. So I totally get how lovely it would be if your family would just step up, do it automatically, magically, and with hearts full of love and appreciation. It just doesn't tend to work that well. So instead, we try to control and micromanage things because when we do that, we're always in fear. Okay, so I don't mind controlling things you actually have control over. I think that's a great idea. Control the thoughts that go through your head, your feelings, your actions, like take charge of that. But when other people are helping us or they are taking tasks off our plate and we see them doing it in a way that doesn't really isn't the way we wanted it to be done, that's perfectionism, that's fear, and that's We want to be compassionate to ourselves, okay? So it's used as like a name-calling thing, like, oh, you're controlling or you're a micromanager. But really what you're saying is I'm scared because I have a really mean voice inside my head and I'm scared of what it's going to tell me if I do it wrong, if I'm imperfect. So I'd love it if we could, as a culture, reframe controlling, micromanaging as scared because that's really what it is. So we think that the only way to feel safe is to do everything right. We don't realize that the feeling of safety comes from being an emotional adult and telling yourself things that make you feel safe. When we're in emotional adulthood, we can allow things to be imperfect. We can wait a day before doing the dishes and it doesn't derail us. We can hold our kids accountable and not have to yell or lose it because... We know it's good for kids to do chores and we're willing to sit in the discomfort of making them without making it mean anything terrible about us. So what gets in our way from emotional adulthood are thoughts like it's too hard or I'm too tired. I know it feels true (laughs) and you may be tired and it is hard, but thinking I too too tired and it's too hard sends us right back into that victim, powerless, helpless state of emotional childhood. We think that believing in our worth and asking for help and being vulnerable is too hard. 
it's hard, but it's not too hard. So the best way to shift into emotional adulthood is to ask yourself, how do I want to feel? I've got, it's December. I've got a lot of things on my to-do list. How do I want to feel about that? And just start asking yourself that question. It's almost like the question is more important than the answer because it reminds you of like, I have power. I get to choose the emotion I want to feel about my to-do list. If I'm going to make my kids help out around the house more, how do I want to feel while I'm doing that? How do I want to feel while they're complaining and telling me I'm mean? I get to choose. I don't have to feel mean just because they tell me I'm being mean. Okay. So asking yourself that question You know, do you want to be excited about the holidays? Excited to get a break from school? Do you want to be grateful and have something to look forward to? Do you want to be proud of yourself for teaching your kids a life skill and making them do it? You get to decide. It's totally up to you. I'm a little worried that Stephanie's going to be like a lot of my clients. And as soon as she hears this podcast, she's going to go down a shame spiral oh no, I'm in emotional childhood. I'm doing it wrong. I should be in emotional adulthood. I'm terrible and failing. This is where a lot of my clients will go is right down the drain. Like they just can't hear, like they hear one thing and they just make it mean like I'm doing it wrong and I should be doing it right. This is so unhelpful, mamas, okay? (laughs) Put your compassion glasses on. It's the guilt that comes from that shame spiral that's keeping us stuck in the same old, I'm not worthy of needing help place, right? We feel like we're not good enough. We're not worthy or deserving because we go to that dark place of like, oh no, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not good enough. I should be better, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So If you can't get yourself out of that guilt, shame, unworthy spin cycle, then get yourself to life coaching right away because it really is, it's a hard thing to unstick yourself from because that it's a cycle that just keeps repeating. So in order to get her kids to help out, Stephanie needs to, number one, step into her power and authority with calm assertiveness. Power does not mean mean. It doesn't mean angry and yelling. It's calm, it's clear, and it's coming from the emotion of worthiness. Number two, feel worthy and deserving of help. Like really allow herself to feel that she has done a lot. She's deserving of help. You know, a lot of times you hear people say like, well, I deserve it. I deserve to have, you know, people help me out. That often is coming from anger. Similar wording, but the emotion is different. I deserve it is mad. I am deserving is self-honoring, self-respecting, and empowering. Okay? So step one, step into her power and with calm authority. Step two, feel worthy and deserving of help. Step three, ask for what she wants with no minimizing or justifying. No saying like, it's not fair. I got to do it last week. I have to do everything around here. Nope. Just ask for what you want. Because if you believe you're deserving, you don't have to do that. No, you don't justify it if you already believe you are worthy of it. And number four, 
be okay with an imperfect result. Allow imperfections for yourself, for your family, for all your helpers. This might feel uncomfortable. If she's not used to this, it's going to feel weird and strange. She might tell herself she's being mean or selfish or rude. She might decide it's not worth the effort. This is not true. Emotional adulthood is always worth the effort. Taking control of your emotions and believing you are deserving of what you want Oh my gosh, it's going to free you in ways you can't even believe. (laughs) It is amazing and it always worth the effort. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is, well, I notice that there are certain people around whom I am more likely to shift into emotional adulthood. So when I'm near someone with strong, competent alpha energy, It is crazy how quickly I just revert back to emotional childhood. I get weak, I get confused, and I just want them to like come and rescue me. Like I I just want to say like, help me. And it's so funny to watch. And I'm not around it that much, but like just, it just slips right back in automatically. (laughs) Like if somebody else seems really competent, I want to just lay down my burdens, be like, you decide, you tell me what to do. You figure out my problems for me. But I also notice that whenever I'm teaching or coaching in emotional adulthood, like hundred percent of the time, it doesn't matter if I'm teaching adults or children, I will step outside my comfort zone, take full responsibility of the energy I create, be assertive, be calm in, in my power. And so it's just kind of interesting to watch in what environments and with what kinds of people might make me go back into childhood or step into adulthood. It's really helpful just to kind of look at yourself with curiosity and notice when you are likely to slip into emotional childhood, certainly when we're stressed. Uh, I can remember like my husband, when he would travel for work, he'd be out of town for a long time when I'm home with the kids. Like it was very easy for me to go back to emotional childhood. So just pay attention to that. Notice when you stand in your power, when you take responsibility for the emotions you're bringing to the table and the energy you're creating in the room and when you're not. Do you have a friend who likes to blame other people for their problems? Do you feel yourself getting roped into that friendly bond that comes with having a mutual enemy? Be wary of people who blame their husbands, their bosses, the president of the Democrats for how they feel, whatever it is. If you're blaming COVID for how you feel, you are in your emotional childhood. Okay, when you're blaming the government, you're blaming your neighbors, anti-maskers, whoever you're blaming, you want to not give them power over your emotions that you get to decide if you want to feel safe, separate that out from people wearing masks or not. When you're around people that like to blame and you kind of, it makes it easy to join in. Super quick way to fall into emotional childhood, and it is today's Supermom Kryptonite because it will drain your energy. Today's Supermom Power Boost. Are you surrounded by people but craving alone time? Like, is your family just home all over all the time? (laughs) Do you need a break, but you can't figure out where to go to get one? Well, 
many of my clients are learning to make their car their sanctuary. I have clients who sit in their parked cars, sometimes in their driveways, to take their coaching calls. Sometimes they might drive to a beautiful park or place the nice view. Sometimes they just sit in the Target parking lot. But using your car to give you alone time, it's like a little mobile sanctuary that you have available at your disposal. You can keep your journal in the glove compartment. You keep a cozy blanket in the back. I mean, think about it. In your car, you can listen to your music. You can listen to a podcast. You can sit in your car outside the grocery store and just play solitaire on your phone. You can arrive early to an appointment and just have a heart-to-heart phone conversation with your friends. You can get in your car drive around the block and watch a movie. (laughs) Maybe a show that's inappropriate, but you really want to watch it, but you don't want your kids to be exposed to the language or the nudity or whatever, the violence. You could sit in your car and watch your inappropriate show and feel like you're delicious. (laughs) It's like this little mini sanctuary where you could create time for yourself, a way to take a break, Once you believe you are worthy and deserving of rest and relaxation, you will be amazed at how creative you can be in making it happen. But it all starts on the inside first, making sure that having the courage and the willingness to believe that you are worthy and deserving of rest and relaxation and fun little breaks playing video games in your car. (laughs) Today's quote of the day is by me. (laughs) This is what I want every super mom out there to say to themselves right now today. I want you to say, give yourself permission to want what you want. Doesn't matter what it is. If you want it, Give yourself permission to want it. And hopefully I will see you at the 2021 Vision Board Party online. You all have a fabulous day. Enjoy the holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Today's first day. I think I'm recording this on. And I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.